hit what? I hit the button. You said we were gonna. You want to record? You guilted me into this whole entire episode, Dan. We're hitting and what? I'm here. I am here to do the thing. You guilted me into this episode, and you weren't even ready. I can't. I, I hit the button, and you're not even ready. Oh, I apologize. I mean, I'm grabbing like history books and all sorts of cool references to share with our listeners. But, you know, like you can just keep saying I'm not ready. That's fine. I know because I've been ready all day long. I mean, admittedly, I got after you guilted me. I got an hour and 40 minute notice to do this podcast. So and and, and it's probably and admittedly, I probably should have been ready this weekend. But this this uh, as we alluded to in our last episode, uh, this is a retelling of the iron man origin so there was a little bit of history stuff for me to pull not a ton it wasn't invisible that's for sure the invisible iron man yeah he's 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 definitely not invisible he's like a big lead looking thing well that's on the original and on this cover however he is in his suit it looks like a a beautiful bob layton cover it looks like he's at a rave (laughs) we got a bob layton cover with kirby crackle yeah Pretty fantastic. Actually, this cover is really freaking cool. It is rad. It looks it looks like a concert poster or like, a, you know, like, I don't know, an album cover or something. It just looks just rad. Like, I want this on my wall. That's how awesome it looks. It sort of reminds me more of like Silver Surfer than Iron Man. Yeah, kind of. 10,000. Kirby Crackle, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. Well, anyway, it's it is a cool cover and we are coming out of issue 121. We resolved the story. Well, we haven't resolved it, but we found out that Roxon Petroleum, Roxon yeah, yeah, Oil. Petro. Yeah, Petro. They're, the they're oil bad. and Petro. Well, it's Roxon, the bad guys. Roxen. And we got a new CEO villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't. Well, we're going to find out really quickly if if they are brought to justice, but. Yeah, we got a new villain. Uh, we're continuing on the Demon in a Bottle storyline, and and we're on more way. And I did warn everybody last episode. Uh, I'm just going to tell you now. Uh, Greg and I are going to talk about this issue. It's a retelling the Iron Man origin, and we're going to talk about race and depictions of Asians in comics during this podcast. So if that's something that makes you uncomfortable, join us for the next issue. I would just say skip that. Skip this one. Come back and we'll continue the storyline for you. And if you're okay with us chatting about it, that's fine. And of course, you know, if you have feedback for us, you can always leave feedback for us on Facebook, on Twitter, or on Instagram. Uh, and we'd welcome your feedback on this discussion too, because whenever you're looking at historical pieces, it can be difficult to chat about. So we're going to do our best to work through the issue. But we are looking at. Invincible Iron Man 122, and it is a retelling of Tales of Suspense number 39, the <gasps> Iron Man origin. Wow. And the so there's a little bit of lead up we'll go through in the book. And, and then it's really interesting because we actually switch artists this issue. We do? Yeah. We, we trade uh, we trade old, uh, old, old uh, Junior junior Mint. We get rid of Johnny Romita Jr., my favorite artist yeah. of all time. Yeah. <laughs> if and you've then? listened to us at all, you know that's yeah. sarcasm. Just to be clear, <laughs> we saw Bob. We saw Bob Layton inking. So Bob Layton and and David Michelini are still the storytellers here. We've got okay. David Michelini plotting with Bob Layton. Bob Layton inking and finishing. Um, this time it actually says inks instead of finishing, which I huh. think is an interesting change. Interesting. <laughs> maybe that uh, maybe that illustrates Bob Layton's feelings about inking certain artists. Uh-huh. I'm just saying. 
in one in one one issue he says he's the finisher and in this one he says he's the inker <laughs> i'm the finisher <laughs> I have, i've heard comments about a certain artist that can't draw feet too um oh that need I, they need a finisher i believe <laughs> i believe carl kiesel would say that he finished that work as opposed to inking it uh-huh i will finish him <laughs> yeah carl kiesel inked inked the man who can't draw feet in hawk and dove for DC Comics before he went over and did X-Force and New Mutants. Pouches, Pouches, lots of pouches. Well, the 90s has a lot of pouches, but so does this. We have some pouches here, too. That's true, we do. We have have a lot of different powers, too. I had had no idea that Iron Man had, like, oil squirt guns and stuff like that. He's got them all. He's he's like Inspector Gadget, man. Go, go, Iron Man Gadgets. You know, I hated nothing. Like, I hate Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Like, with a passion. But? Uh, no, I, I hate Inspector Gadget. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's it was it's... stupid. Like, you know what? There were two shows I hated as a kid. Uh-huh. Inspector Gadget and Scooby-Doo. What? Get out of here. Oh, you already know I didn't like Scooby-Doo, even though we've read some great Scooby-Doo yeah, stuff. Some but Scooby-Doo. See, I, and- I hated the show. I mean, they were the same, except the Scooby-Doo movies episodes where they'd have a guest star because that yeah. was halfway different. But like the show, I mean, you get it. Scooby-Doo and Inspector Gadget are the same every episode. That's why they were boring to me. Oh, no, 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 no. They, and you can oh, always they, say, like, well, why wasn't the Super Friends boring to you? It was the same every episode. Well, it was the Super right? Friends. They had cool powers, different. Now, Scooby-Doo is awesome. It, it it gave you that genuine feel that you could do anything as a kid with a dog up against adults. <laughs> that's the other. I think that's the other part I hated about Inspector Gadget. It was like the little girl and the dog were the people that actually solved the thing. And Inspector <laughs> yeah. Gadget was just a buffoon. And I just I just and the formula was the same every time. And I just I thought it was uh, really boring. It just I mean, it just basically set kids up for their future working for corporations. You Maybe do all the work fair. with your <laughs> and, and, and somebody else gets the credit. I mean, I I'm just speaking for my I mean, no, I I I I know nothing of this experience. I guess I mean personally I just don't I I, I also didn't like it because I, I I want my superheroes to be superheroes, right? Like I don't want them to be just like grossly incompetent. You would rather it's like you want something realistic like naked gun uh, or you know um <laughs> airplane. <laughs> Well, I, and I know Inspector Gadget is supposed to be a com- comedic cartoon for kids, right? Yeah, GoPro yeah. Gadget hand or whatever, you know, like yeah. I just didn't think it was even as a kid. I just didn't think it was funny. Like, didn't think and, it was funny. Yeah, uh, just and my sister loved fucking Inspector Gadget. So I got so you hated it even more. <laughs> You're like, yeah. damn it. Why is this on television? Right? It's, because kids love Inspector Gadget. They do. Oh, sure. But I just thought. And it probably female empowerment too, right? My sister probably dug that the little girl solved the issue, right? Penny, just Penny was sex- the smartest. I was just a sexist little boy that didn't want to watch a little girl solve all the problems for the incompetent giant male. I mean, he had some cool gadgets, but definitely, you know, Penny and Brain, Pinky and the Brain, Penny and Brain, uh, definitely solved a lot of stuff. Well, Pinky and the Brain is a whole different issue. That, <laughs> it that's is fun. <laughs> Penny and the Brain. Well, anyway, anyway, I Anyways. guess we were supposed yeah. to talk about Iron Man. But Invisible <laughs> Iron Man, number 22. I know it's shocking to everybody that I would get off track immediately. No. Well, we flip to the first page and we have a giant Navy boat and we have a uh, 
Namor just jumping off. Wee, bye, Namor everybody. diving away. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, we've got David Michelini writing, Carmen Infantino penciling, Bob Layton on inks, John Costanza on letters, Ben Sean. Is that new? Yeah, I think that's new. Yeah. Ben Sean on colors, Roger Stern editor, and Jim Shooter plot and editor-in-chief. So Jim Shooter is taking plotting credits for this one. Okay. Fascinating. Now we know. Yeah, interesting. So, <laughs> so we're going to reuse an old plot, but I'm going to come up with a plot by changing a couple of things. Well, he was the first person to introduce drugs into comic books, remember? It's true. Yeah, he told everyone. So, and And on top of that, we've got... It's oh, interesting that Bob Layton has been co-plotting these with David Michelini, but all of a sudden uh, he's shooters in on the plot. So yeah, yeah Layton really it's, this is interesting. I would love to interview Bob Layton about this because Bob Layton steps back substantially on this issue from what he's saying his contributions are. And this is probably the most controversial issue of the group that we're going to read. Mm-hmm. It's almost like yeah. he knew he knew. Oh, you know, I mean, Probably wasn't at the time necessarily, but give it a couple of years and then, you know, give it a couple of decades. Well, we get a whole sure. bunch of hyperbole here uh, <laughs> yeah. on the first page and oh, and then we get text. And then ironically, we get, man, if the U.S. could sign that name or dude, we'd have the 1980 Olympics <laughs> in the bag. And nope, no, you won't because we didn't go. <laughs> so <laughs> jokes on us <laughs> jokes on us i guess they we didn't know we we're gonna boycott when this comic was put out so there we go all right well we go to the next page and we've got iron man saluting some nice navy folks and His and then and then it starts and, and here like, we go weird <laughs> yeah it is kind of the art, 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 art. It's a little weird. It's just a weird positioning. I'm like, uh, why would you even have him at that angle? But okay, cool, whatever. Well, it's it's also interesting. I mean, well, let's in explore the Carmen Infantino connection in a few minutes. But okay. I, it's yeah. interesting that all of a sudden we have Carmen Infantino here, who's probably most famous for uh, drawing Barry Allen, The Flash. Uh-huh. But also doing a lot of other stuff and and being an editor at DC Comics. So anyway, and Char- and uh, Charlton along and the way, jumping back to do this Iron Man issue. <laughs> yeah, hey, let's do well, this Iron Man issue. It's, it's interesting that Carmen Infantino is on Iron Man following John Romita Jr. Uh, yeah, and it, it's pretty clear to me too. Uh, oh, you know, we, we said I think I already said it, but Bob Layton had said he was the finisher on the last issue. Yeah, yeah, and. I, I just don't think he could finish that arm, right? Like it, no. it seems <laughs> that arm is finished. Yeah. It looks finished. Maybe that's why he says I'm only inking at this point, right? So just, I, I uh, can't. Yeah. yeah. Not not sure, but we we uh carry on some of the subplots back here. We've got Iron Man saying goodbye and, and taking off, and we've got Rhodey and Beth. Uh, down at the bottom, just talking about, and Rhodey's like, hey, Mr. Stark uh, hires the best bodyguards. And Beth's like, well, hell yeah, he does. He hired me, right? Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, they just watch him leave. And that's going to be, I think, pretty much the last we see of those two in the issue. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get Namor swimming away. Uh, and here he goes. And we have some really, it's, I don't want to say awkward Silver Age art, but it is very Silver Age art here with the yeah, poses. It's a, different, it's a different type of art than what we were used to in the last two issues. It is very Silver Age. Yeah. And we've got the updated coloring because we're oh, reading yeah. the the online version. So that's really interesting mm-hmm. too. It'd be interesting for to go back and check out the three color art 
or the yeah. three color coloring. So see what that looks like. I don't yeah. think it'd be as vivid. That's for sure. No, no not at all. I, if I remember correctly, as a kid, it, um, it just, it, I, I'm not going to say it, it just wasn't as bright as it looks like in here. Like the last book, definitely. I mean, like it just looked really bright. And even in the book, it just felt like when I was a kid, it seemed like really bright. And like, this just seems really even like now just kind of, eh, it's, I don't want to say dull. I just want to say muted, muted. It's a good. Yeah, it muted. is kind of muted. Well, and you also get a more, I know, squared up sort of version of Iron Man. Oh, which yeah. Is sort of going to fit with fit with retelling the origin, but it's just really interesting here. You also got a lot of hatching. That's what it's called, right? The, yeah, yeah, the little, the, yeah, on the yeah. lining and the texture. It's a texture, and it's not even cross hatching, right? It's Mm-mm. just hatching. Yeah, yeah so to give some texture to the, it's a lot of texture Iron to the got suit. Sparkle on his booty. Sparkle now we booty. get to the next page, and Tony is flying over the water, and he's like. Man, I'd like to have taken that Navy ship back to the mainland. I could use some rest. Uh, but then he's like, oh, I'll just use some rest right now. <laughs> and I'll and I'll pick up my FM radio transmitter, which I think is really fascinating. He, he, he better be. I mean, why is he whining about flying home if he's close enough to New York to catch FM radio right. from the sky? <laughs> satellites man satellites yeah he's he, he better be really close i hope his wi-fi is good i hope he's yeah. on a good service <laughs> i hope so or he'd i mean or it'd be nighttime and you pick up am right yeah but yeah, yeah i anyway it's <laughs> just really interesting i don't think you can pick up fm radio from new york flying across the middle of the atlantic but no yeah, okay cool yeah so he anyway he gets some you know, you'd think he'd have like an eight track player or something in that suit. Uh, it, yeah, at that time, yeah, he just like put him, put it right in his chest, and just like crazy train. <laughs> or you just be Soundwave. Oh, that'd be cool. Just dropping it. But the the thing about an eight track player, he doesn't though, listen to crazy. He definitely, if he's going to listen to an Ozzy Osbourne song, it's not going to be Crazy Train. No, he would have to because as an eight track, you only, you got to listen to it all the way through. It's not like you could jump track to track or or go like skip tracks. You have yeah, to Crazy listen. Train is not on Paranoid though. If he was okay. listening to Paranoid, it would okay. be. Maybe maybe he made his own. How many people have no idea what we're talking about right now? <laughs> that, like, that's the most fascinating thing. They're like, "What is paranoid? What is crazy train?" <laughs> like, if 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 you need some help, you, look up okay. Ozzy Osbourne and think, look up the you, album Paranoid, and and then see if there's a song on that album that mentions the titular character of this episode right here. This you, this this comic. Do you think he would? Do you think? Do you do you think that Tony Stark? really would be listening to Ozzy. I think he would be listening to Black Sabbath and I think he'd be listening to Tony Stark's ego is huge. Of course he would listen to a song where he's his name is the title. Okay. Okay. I mean, duh. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking like, I, I feel like he's more time frame reference. I feel like he's more of a Donovan kind of guy. That's fair, maybe. But it doesn't I mean, that, fit the fair. book, right? <laughs> what? Or Sunset. Donovan? What yeah. do you think he's listening to Neil Young? Oh, actually, he he could be. I mean, he might. How be. about some Car- How about some Carol King? He might be. He, I mean, I uh, no, I start. got it. What? Carpenters. No, for sure. I don't think I don't think Tony's a Carpenters kind of guy. 
how about a disco? Maybe disco because you know, I bet you went to a lot of discos. Maybe we've got a little Donna more, Summer I think that's, action. I think going that's on. more of the character. Like that's more not the like that is more of the character he's portraying when he goes out. But I'm thinking, what does Tony relax to? Okay, well, well, let's see what the author says. Okay. The author says, and as the sound of four-part harmony and pearl steel guitar mixed with the whistle of rushing air, mind of the man in the metal mesh armor begins for the first time to, in weeks to relax. So pearl or pedal steel guitar. I said pearl. Thank God. I thought it was going to be country music there for a minute. Okay. Pedal steel. steel guitar. I mean, I think he's probably listening to Ozzy. Let's go back to Black Sabbath. Okay. Okay. I mean, steel guitar, Maybe though, some mid-70s Aerosmith. I mean, pedal steel guitar. We'll have the listeners tell us what they think, but I'm thinking pedal steel guitar is more like country. <laughs> oh, you think it's country? I'm thinking it's probably some... Oh, my gosh. You know what he's listening to? He's listening... He's, he's steel guitar. He's listening to... He's, he's listening to the best of uh, Tiki... Uh, he's like Tiki Lounge, so it's just hung, oh my God. Honolulu hits, and it is nothing but uh, um, tiny bubbles. Don Ho, all the way for the win. When did Tiptoe Through the Tulips come out? Ooh, oh my gosh, yeah, he could totally be listening to that. I'm, we've we have gone off the rails. What about Captain Captain, Captain and Tennille? Oh, Not- Muskrat Love, yeah, I could, yeah, Tony. Or Stark how about some bread? Holy crap, yeah, no, I could see Tony Stark all about bread. He's just flying through the sky. You shelter me from harm. You can't be warm. Do you think, okay. You can't be warm. Steely Dan? No. No, you don't think, but Steely. No, I'm settled. I'm I'm, I'm bread. He's just. You think he's all about bread? But I mean, Steely Dan is so good. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I agree. The Steely Dan is really good. I'm not saying bread is really good, but that's what I think Tony Stark is listening to while he relaxes. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, bread is, it's a meal. It is a meal. <laughs> it's definitely a meal to listen to. I, I mean, Agreed. I, I, it's, it's the creed of the seventies. <laughs> I'm getting to the chorus in my brain right now. <laughs> oh my God. What's really sad is like, there's a lot of people that are like, I don't understand. And they're going to go find a bread album. Yeah. It's what? like, they're going to go find, uh, they're going to go find bread like online. They're going to be like, Oh my gosh, I can now I got to find what this, what this music is. And they're like, they're going to be vastly disappointed right they're going to be like this is like they did they made me go listen to like the nickelback of the 70s the i want to be clear i didn't make you listen to anything and the nickelback of the 70s is sticks oh no get out of here no (laughs) (laughs) oh i mean you're Right. I'm not wrong. It right. doesn't mean I don't like sticks. Like, I mean, the Nickelback had... of the 70s is clearly sticks. They're so good, though. They're so good. It's because they had that sticks had that one comeback album with the where that made them no money, where they played in the little tiny theaters in they the had, early 80s. They, they were so good. Same thing is got so, they got a tiny bit of critical acclaim, and then Dennis DeYoung went off to be a Christian rock star. So they became great. <laughs> well, they they broke up, but yeah. <laughs> they had that one song in like what 87 that show me the way show me the way yeah and then well now we're real okay so know, anyway, we've we just said, got, we, we set it have, on bread oh wow okay so we just want to give everybody a feeling for the time period because this is the time but look 
you know, I'll tie this back in because I'm capable. I, I, yeah, we got He's a little capable. bit distracted. That's but okay. We it's want to set the mood because we're doing origin retelling in a page here. Yep. And whenever you do an origin retelling, it's usually to update your audience within origin and but update it to the time we're in. So we're mm-hmm. updating the original 1963 origin of Iron Man to mm-hmm. 1979. Yep. And so it is kind of important to sort of talk about what the context is going what context of the times right context of the times music and other things like that and you know i mean where he where where tony stark would be mentally and and so let's yeah. jump in so let's flip a Turn page that page wow i like that that top um panel there and he's thinking a time when one man had to become two <sighs> That's such a cool We go back to Vietnam, the 1960s, a secluded laboratory within the United States defense perimeter, Mm -hmm. the research sanctuary of millionaire inventor Anthony Stark. Who's that guy? I don't know. I only know Tony Stark. Anthony Stark must be his dad. Anthony Stark is the name they gave him in the original issue, I believe. Okay. (laughs) It sounds more grown up. It does sound more grown up. It does sound like his dad would be that too. So, yeah. Well, Anthony Stark is making some cool things and he's playing with magnets and transistors. Ooh, cool. Transistors are pretty amazing. I didn't know transistors could like pull things apart. Well, you know, get them strong enough. They can do anything. Well, also what was one of the big things at the time though, a nine volt battery transistor radio, right? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously transistors were a thing then, but we also had started to, and oh, taking that same smaller nine, and yeah, you take that same nine volt battery transistor radio, rearrange how the frequencies are uh, um, sending back and you can turn it into a metal detector. Did it? <laughs> yeah. And that's what inspired the insane clown posse to write their really now that we know insanely Christian song. It's miracles, man. Miracles. Yeah. Like the tides. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how it Which works. you enlightened me on. I had no idea. I thought they were being sarcastic. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> and you were like, like, no, they're not. This whole time, I thought they were being sarcastic. I'm well, sorry. anyway. Uh, <laughs> now people I mean, are going to be like, I can't, what? I can't say that I'm disappointed because like, I, I'm not sure they could do anything that would like, spark my interest enough to make me disappointed in them. But it's very bizarre. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. It's just, I didn't mean to disappoint. I wasn't trying to. I guess I just didn't think anybody was that dumb. They're not. They're geniuses. Well, maybe at marketing, <laughs> but not at science. They brought, they brought so many people to the, yeah. to, to I mean, whatever. Yes. There's lots of, there's lots of say politicians and people that are brilliant at science and maybe not so brilliant at, or brilliant at marketing. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. and maybe not so brilliant at science. So, I mean, it's, it's not like it's a abnormal thing, but clearly, yeah. It, well, anyway, back I mean, to the issue. So, yeah, Tony's in the jungle. He's in the jungle. We can't call it that, though. So what is it called now? Well, well it says it, jungle right here on the page. We're going to yeah. call it jungle. OK, they they do tell you later. And jungle. he's with a group of soldiers and they're saying that they're going to go fight the. Let's see. The Kong patrol. Yeah. So yeah. there we go. We're still calling them the Viet Cong, I guess. Yeah. But they left off Viet in this one. But. I will say in the original origin story, they were also very clear that it was in Vietnam. So, mm-hmm. so I guess we're looking at, so 63 was the original story, original time in space. So we're looking at just having like uh, JFK advisors there. Not, we haven't actually started any full blown action. Correct. Yeah. 
And I mean, I think it, it, when this when this version of the reboot was written, I think that they didn't have they they uh, for the time frame in which they're referring to most people had an, an assumption as to who they were referencing when they said you know uh when you know oh they're in this place and they're looking for these people based off of that um truncated name right so yeah there's certainly worse names they could use so that's they, true at least we uh, didn't go there a million yet. other worse names <laughs> And I'm glad um, they did. Of course, <laughs> and of course, historically, the U.S. withdrew from Vietnam in March on March 29th, 1973. So uh, it's been six years, mm-hmm. about six years That's since the U.S. left Vietnam uh, when we're retelling this story. Yeah. And it was a couple years. It said, OK, it said and mm-hmm. in 61 in 61 after two, I'm just going to look, I'm using the awesome source, the History Channel, but why oh, not? Yeah. Uh, in 61, after two decades of indirect military aid, U.S. President John F. Kennedy sent the first large U.S. force of military personnel to support an uh, ineffectual autocratic regime of South Vietnam against the Communist North. So I guess 63 would have been uh, a year and a half in-ish when they wrote that original book. Okay, so mm-hmm. there's your time and space, everyone. So we'll let you decide on some of the politics and attitudes that were being presented on your own. But I want to make sure we get facts in here. Mm-hmm like facts when we discuss things like this. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we get we get a group marching through the the underbrush. They are very happy to have Tony Stark's weapons. They think they're going to kick the crap out of everybody because they have the most powerful weapons. And then Tony trips over a tripwire and kills everyone. Yep. Because, you know, but or should I say Anthony, <laughs> Anthony, 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 Anthony. But he somehow survives and he's found by some soldiers from the other side. And then we're introduced to Wong Chu. Yes. So, Greg, tell yes. us about Wong Chu. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Wong Chu is the, the, the leader from the, the North. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's a, a communist. So my assumption, my my assumption is that he might not. He might he might be an operator from uh, um, not not from the country in which he's at, but just uh, advising <laughs> and leading these men. Cause and tell us how Wang Chu is drawn by Carmen Infantino. Oh, um, he's, he's very stereotypically evil Asian. I mean, that's the, the general look, uh, the eyebrows, the, the face it's, you know, it's a very stereotypical face. <laughs> Yeah, I am looking at the original Don Heck art right now, too. So when I said one is better than the other, I don't I don't think that's a fair statement. Uh, These are a little bit more polished. Yeah, Um, you've got Bob Layton inking over it. So it's probably going to be better. I would say he stereotyping is still there. He looks very much like when you watch Flash Gordon of the 80s, the movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, he kind of does look like he has that look. Right. And you're like. Oh my gosh. And as a kid, you know, my reference points for, um, you know, like family and stuff like that. I was like, Oh, I guess, I guess we're all the bad guys then. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, so yeah, when you're, when, when a majority of folks (laughs) that fall into, into that category or who you're looking at, um, are, are the bad guys. It's also really interesting uh, that they also too like they 
they're depicting basically Ho Chi Minh, right? But Ho Chi Minh mm-hmm. yeah. was not a large individual. No, no, he was a average size. Average size, I would say, thin would be. be my I mean, uh, no, 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 like average, average Asian size, not yeah. <laughs> Oh, like, okay. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. But yeah, I would even say and and very thin, right? Yeah. It's not like holding, you know, managing this war with South Vietnam was making him plump like this guy here. Well, I think and, they did a uh they probably did a more of a they took a the Ho Chi Minh uh I want to say mentality or character uh, and, and, and characteristics, some of that, like the mentality characteristics, and then put them over a uh, um, uh, more of a um, uh, what can I think? Um, Stereotypical evil leader look. Well, I, guess. I was going to say he looks more like a he's got a Chinese general gen, general style kind of look to him. So <laughs> that that too, and yeah, <laughs> so I think like, the, the only the only thing similar. The only thing possibly similar is the the mustache and beard. Yeah. But even that's drawn to with a point to it, where if you look at pictures of Ho Chi Minh, there's not a big point to his to his beard. Yeah. So it's a it's it's an interesting take on that. But hey. <laughs> you're you're being very you're you're straddling the line there on that interesting take. I, I you know, but you did say painted as evil and didn't make you feel great to think that every asian person was evil yeah i mean when i look at uh when i look at my own family tree and stuff like that it's kind of it's like they're not it's you know it's like (laughs) as a kid you're you're like you're watching all these like uh these movies and stuff like that and you're like that's that's they're you know like this you read this comic book or or whatever and it's like but it's when that's your when that's your point of reference as a child or something like that here and then you look back and you're like but my uncle's not like that <laughs> you know when i do think it's interesting too like uh, i think part of the critique too is is they take the opportunity to retell the origin for mm-hmm. new readers right i mean yeah. admittedly so you know Michelini and Layton have both acknowledged that you know this was uh you know a few issues before sort of a jumping off point they take over the book as they take over the book, they start to reintroduce people to the character and the origin. They also have a great opportunity right here to update the mm-hmm. origin a little bit, right? Yeah. And they, it, but instead of really updating it, they sort of just redraw it. Like, I mean, there's some points in the story that change a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, well, let, let's, let's I, keep I looking. Say they, so they clean it up. They, they clean they, it up a little bit. I, I am going to highlight something important in a second, yeah. though. Okay. Uh, so we get uh, we get we introduce uh, we're introduced to Yinsen, and we get the typical like uh, language from uh, Wong Wong Chu, where he's saying, "You know, you're dying, imperialist, imperialist. Work faster, imperialist. Mm-hmm. You know, you work too slow." And then he pushes a, an older man in, or the soldiers do. And we meet mm-hmm. Yinsen, and we find out that Yinsen, and I guess it, it is kind of the same. Uh, Yinsen is building uh, the original Iron Man suit with Tony, mm-hmm. and they start working on it together. And we, yeah. we find out Yinsen, the good scientist, uh, completely opposes all of this. Yeah. And I, I will say, in the original, it it's a little bit more... I guess it's about the same. It's just updated art. In the original, Yinsen's very instrumental in building the suit with Tony and powering it and everything. And it, it looks like we do get that too. So yeah. 
Um, I will I, say in, I have to in, say, uh, I'm sorry. Like whenever, whenever I read this, like when reading this and then I'm not sure if you're friends with Chinson in, in high school, but, um, on, uh, like I, I was always like, when I met him in like ninth grade, I was like, dude, you're like the, the dude from Iron Man. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's like your name. <laughs> he's probably like, thanks, Greg. No, I mean, well, like I introduced him to that and then he taught me about tennis, <laughs> which, fair. which I, I ended up liking pickleball better because <laughs> it's easier to play. Well, we do get them building the suit together and yes. we do uh, like to me too. Like this is, uh, I just another, I will say let's address Yinsen though for a second here. Yeah. So we do have a sort of another Asian stereotype, right? Uh-huh. So now it's like the wise man stereotype yeah. with yeah. the face and the bald head and the gray hair yeah. and the sort of like, um, I guess wise man slash, I mean, very similar to, interestingly similar to, like, say, how they would introduce, like, uh, somebody from, like, say, Tibet for, say, a, a Doctor Strange or something like that. Oh, I was just going to say, I was just waiting for David Carradine to pop out of nowhere because, like... You know. Sure. Because <laughs> he's got to grab the, the stone from Yinsen's hand. But, I mean, stereotypically, again, time frame wise that's the point of reference that they're going for. <laughs> <laughs> again a lot of a lot of culture mashing uh, or or like asian culture mashing because like a lot of the yeah. like i don't know but to a lot of people they all look the same but they're well all yeah it's, they're all the same countries right there's no distinction <laughs> oh yeah not at all <laughs> it's all one giant big culture that's evil you know, we learned that in 1984 the book right yes it's just the yeah People, people just come to my east. neighborhood sometime. It, it's a it's a great it's a great introduction to um to to um interesting uh how how the world is. <laughs> well, and, and and then looking here too, it's just it's it's interesting again. Like the again, they had and again, I think we get to criticize a little bit, right? They yeah. they have an opportunity to update it, and they they choose not to, right? Uh-huh. They could have. I, the art's updated a little bit, but not enough to change that culture mashing you're talking about, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, then Iron Man gets up and we have, uh, he's learning to walk in his armor and we have a death off screen. So Yinsen runs out to give him time and it presumably is shot and dead. Uh, you don't see it in the panel. You also don't see it in the panel of the original one. It's just referenced. Um, just in all- the original, it says bang on the screen. So it's pretty clear what happened. But- if you do want to see Iron Man's buddy get murdered on scene or on panel or screen, whatever, you should watch the updated new version of the movie where dude runs on and gets shot. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, dark. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's also there's also that where he's being held captive in an Afghan cave when they mm-hmm. update the origin because you know afghanis just live in caves right that's what the news told me yeah it can get worse (laughs) yeah uh, yeah i think i again i i said we should mention it while we were discussing this but i definitely no better time than now right Mm -hmm. like if we look at uh Mm -hmm. the iron man movie 
that's in 2008. And 2008, I think John yeah. Favreau has the opportunity to really update this, right? Yeah. And he does. He really, he really updates it. He makes it, and very make it timely. less racist, right? He made it. Very, well, I mean, not, he did not, not. <laughs> he, he, he put it, he put it in a time stamp of the place we were with the right but he just associates a new evil villain with it right and then but they were they were a name i mean i don't think they're necessarily afghanis i think it was just a nameless middle eastern or group if i'm correct Yeah, i don't know i mean i can't remember i'd have to actually go back and watch the movie Um, IMDB says, after being held captive in an Afghan cave, billionaire engineer Tony Stark creates a unique yeah. weaponized suit of armor to yeah. fight evil. I think it was a cave in Afghanistan. I don't think, I mean, not necessarily where they all, I would like to think it was more like the current state of affairs right now, where it is uh, uh, a melt. See, that's where we get the melting pot of past. <laughs> all those cultures over there of people that well, live in the sand well, are just the same. And no, then, well, I mean, they, when you when you put out a call of arms on social media and all sorts of people just show up that have the same type of beliefs, that's kind of how these things are going now. Not to say that also that was be happening. The, the things like this could also be what created those groups that have the yeah. same type of beliefs. Oh my goodness. So it all started from Iron Man. It is story. Like, clearly Damn it is it. clearly Iron Man's fault. That's Damn that Iron Man. It's all his fault. That well, probably Iron Man in twenty four, like all their seasons. Mm-hmm. But anyway. <laughs> Iron Man and twenty four. Yeah, yeah, I can see yeah. that. So uh we do we keep going with the retelling. Uh we flip a page and uh Tony finds like a cloak, I guess, and a yeah. hat. Yeah, or, I don't. I don't know where he found these things, so but anyway, they're like just Inspector Gadget. He is kind of dressed like Inspector Gadget, <laughs> go, and he go comes gadget. out and he starts fighting them, and he flips oh a guy gosh, around he's... in a circle. Uh, then he's we've got Wong Chu screaming, "Kill him! Slay the one who would cause me to lose face." He's very upset. Oh yeah, losing um, face is very large in Asian culture. That is true. <laughs> yes. So they got one thing sort of right. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things, but a lot of like I said, it's very interesting, the depictions of certain things. But then again, time references, I wasn't there. But this was definitely a comic book my dad had because, well, I mean, Vietnam era and he was in the military. So, <laughs> Well, we keep going. And, well, if he'd had Tales of Suspense 39, then you wouldn't do podcasts with me. I mean, I, I guarantee between him and his three brothers they probably had that book and then they probably destroyed the crap out of it that's fair <laughs> and then they had this one and i that's how i know because i got this and then i destroyed the crap out of it with my cousins so <laughs> well wong chu does the same thing he does in the original he picks up a, a file cabinet because oh apparently wong chu is very strong i had no idea well, <laughs> there was no indication that wong chu was a strong but okay. apparently if you're a deceptive it's very very deceptive but you know you can you can have a certain look to your body but if you know yeah, how like things Kingpin, work except he's yeah. Yeah. so he knows how center of gravity works <laughs> and uh anyway a file cabinet li- uh, lands on iron man he picks it up and then he uses some new cool gadgets that he managed to build in the suit we find out that Whoa. he can send stream shoot oil at people he can use and activate this micro torch extension and light it on fire and kill Wong Chu. <gasps> no. 
Wow. So I guess he says, Professor Yinsen is avenged and the village is safe. One small pocket of tyranny has been destroyed. It's over. Murked him. (laughs) And that was the beginning. And then we get a page. Actually, and this is a really cool page. Oh, yeah. This is pretty epic. Even though I do think the the Bob Layton finished art is a little bit better than the Infantino art here. But yeah, we get a we get in one page, we get Infantino drawing the Avengers uh-huh. and uh, five different Iron Man suits. Yeah. And Stark That's Industries. Cute. And uh, who's that guy? I don't know who that other guy is. I've never seen. I Shield. don't know who that guy. Who is that guy? I'm not familiar with him. He's never been in any in any of the movies. Oh, that guy from Shield has yeah. never been in any movies. Mm hmm. Oh, okay. wait, no, no. When they made that one with uh, um, uh, uh, Baywatch. Yeah, he was in the Baywatch. <laughs> oh he, Baywatch God. was Baywatch right, played I'm, that guy. I'm done with you right now on that. Why? So anyway, we, we that was a good one. Page. I liked it. We, we, the we flipped the thing. page. We flipped the page and we get to the end of the book. Uh, he's <laughs> he's approaching the easternmost tip of Long Island. Um, and we get a report back from course. an evil guy. <gasps> Mr. Hammer. Oh, my gosh. Our monotoids report that Iron Man has been seen over Montauk Point. By the way, in mm-hmm. Mo- do you know why I know about Montauk Point in comics? Stranger Things. Ooh, that's a good one. But no, that's not what I was going for. Oh, okay. Uh, but- Montauk Point is the home of the Legion of Superheroes Academy. Oh, interesting. In the 30th and 31st century. I thought that was, I just thought it was interesting. It's referenced in both places. Uh, but all these writers lived in New York, so not yeah. surprising. Well, I uh, mean, and Montauk Point being the place where all the weird scientific experiments happened on the old military base. That's where right. essentially Stranger Things was the idea from it came from which so we get a big baddie villain and we reference issue 118 through 120 where i think when we covered 120 i mentioned this but there had been some malfunctioning going on in iron man's suit and these guys had been causing it and so i bet i bet in the next issue called casino fatale supposedly that's what it's called here anyway we'll find out in the next issue if it's really called that uh but we're gonna find out more about mr hammer and his Attempts to stop Iron Man. Oh, no, Mr. Could be in real trouble. Yeah, I mean, he's going to drop that hammer on him. So what are your thoughts? Hammer don't hurt him. I, you know, in all honesty, like um, the book, the book itself could have been far worse on stereotypes and other things like that. They could have used other language uh, that would have been like that fit timely, but would not have aged at all. So I... I think that they did a, a, a good job in keeping it just, you know, referential uh, in a way that made good sense and kept it. I mean, as we said, cleaned, they they clean things up artistically uh, and and otherwise that also made sense. It There were some things like, you know, I disagree with some choices, but then again, it's just uh, you, stereotypes are there because that's you know there's stereotypes you see certain things because you see that's you do see those things um not necessarily is it the truth for everything um but hey you know all in all uh at the end of the day decent enough retelling of the original iron man origin story to me and it was a good fun fun read i liked i liked the the overall feel artwork and uh and 
the way everything kind of like gelled together. Yeah, I I'm going to say that I personally think they could have taken this opportunity to retell the the origin and update some of the stereotypes in it and make some changes. Uh they didn't, so I it was I guess what confuses me about the story, one, okay, so I will say the Carmen Infantino thing. So Infantino was an editor and art director for DC. He did draw some of the original uh, Silver Age Flash. Of course, he's done a lot of stuff, right? I'm looking at my big giant book from uh, Tomorrow's Publishing called Mm -hmm. Carmen Infantino, Pencil Publisher Provocateur uh, by Jim Amish and Eric Nolan Weddington. So just want to give them credit for what they put together. These books are always fun to put. I imagine they're hilarious. They're great fun to put together, but I imagine they take a lot of work getting all those interviews, art, everything together in these books. So I would, if you want to learn about Carmen Infantino's career, I would definitely recommend. I don't know if you can get the actual book book still, but you can definitely, I'm sure, get the electronic version from Tomorrow's if you can't actually order the the paperback. Uh, what I will say is, you know, Infantino had left DC at this point and he's coming over to Marvel to do some different things and he's back drawing and he wasn't necessarily happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, they ask him in this interview, they say, was it hard for you to transition back to being an artist? And he said, very, I went to work for Warren at first and then I went over to Marvel and that's where I, I got tough stuff to do. I drew star Wars, spider woman, Nova <sighs> ghost Rider, the human fly. I did a lot of stuff over there. Yeah. He said, they asked him, was it hard for you physically or emotionally to uh, going back to being an artist? He said, both. Hmm. And they asked him an equal portion said, yes, I had a studio in the city. Some advertising people I knew had a studio and I rented a working space from them. So he even had to go rent a brand new working space. So this was a, a big transition for him uh, to go back to art and, and probably just, you know, eating a little humble pie too. Right. Right. You know, you'd been an editor. So I, I do think it's interesting choice, though, to pick a an artist known with the Silver Age to redo the Silver Age story. Will it surprise you if I tell you that in the next issue we go back to John Romita Jr. with Bob Layton finishing? <laughs> no, it won't surprise me. So when it does take us back. So, you know, they they use I, I think I mean, this, this is is an appropriate way, I think, to use somebody like mm-hmm. uh, Carmen yeah. Infantino to come you know redraw one of these origins, what I will say, uh, Infino, Infantino coming to Marvel is also interesting. Uh, we saw, I mentioned in the Spider-Man issues that we read uh, a few episodes ago, uh, the drug issues, which mm-hmm. tied into this, we had Gil Kane coming over to oh, yeah. Marvel, but that was in the late 60s, so a little bit different, right? Taking, We're looking yeah. at, uh, or well, early 70s, but so looking at a, a different time frame, mm-hmm. so still getting one of those silver age artists, but a little bit closer to when Gil Kane was extremely popular. So it's a little bit different, uh, but I will say it's interesting to the contrast of who Marvel's bringing into their house at this time to who DC is taking from Marvel based on Jim shooter being the editor, like Marvel ends up with George Perez or sorry, DC ends up with George Perez and Marvel ends up with Infantino. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) interesting interesting i i think i'd probably at that time want young artists like george perez Perez. perhaps over infantino i think george perez uh the kind of work that he was putting out and doing and creating was amazing at the time (laughs) yeah and also too based on that interview probably a little bit unmotivated infantino too who's just doing the art to make a buck right yeah so yeah yeah Anyway, just uh, looking at it differently, but um, 
hey, we got a retelling. Yeah. The one other criticism I have about this book is it just mm-hmm. seems it seems like a fill in story to me. Okay. Well, I mean, they I, they since they're they're retelling a thing, they got to tell you how he becomes who he is. You know, it's new to a lot of people. The last time they told the story was, you know, you're looking at 15 years prior, just about, and uh, you know, you got a whole new readership that needs to know. That's kind of why they we retell. do have a whole new readership, but we sort of just stop the story in the middle and we retell the origin. It's like, oh, I just happen to be flying home. Here's uh, me thinking about how I became Iron Man. Yeah, but I mean, what better way to do that than as opposed to just right off the top at the beginning? Well, that's fair. If you're going to introduce the origin retelling, I get what you're saying. But I'm also yeah. just like, why is this here? Uh, fair. It seems grossly out of place. I mean, potatoes, potatoes. I would say to your point about it being like, you know, why didn't they do uh, the, you know, with the stereotypes and stuff like that? You got to remember when they did do the origin story uh, back in the 50s, they were a uh, 15 around 15 years out of world war ii just going into the korean war after the korean war and then going into vietnam itself so basically all asians are bad going into this retelling of the story just coming off of most asians are bad but we don't really correct that in the storytelling no i'm not saying that they i'm saying that was the mentality yeah they they weren't in a place to correct that they that's why they didn't correct it so it's hard for it's hard to say how come you didn't correct it when as a as a culture, America wasn't there yet. So, I mean, considering the fact, I mean, my grandma coming here, my mom and my uncles being told they had to go to a segregated school because they weren't white. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, that that's that's the time and time and place we're at in in the first telling of the story, right in the fifties. So. Uh, and, and in this retelling, you know, 15 years later, we're, we're still not that far removed from that. My dad having to get a, get a, a a pass to marry my mom because the military was still like, well, you know, we're just coming off of this, you know, we're still, we're still gun shy of these, these interracial marriages. And Japanese people are definitely Vietnamese. Uh, my dad had to go through a major background check to get married to my mom even though my mom was an American citizen because my grandfather was an American citizen. So it's a whole, it was a whole thing. But then again, I mean, job wise at the time, what he was doing for the military was also a thing, but it's a, uh, like I said, different times, different places. And that's why they probably depicted people the way they did. Well, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> going into the delving into that whole entire thing, but I mean, you wanted to ask, you asked the question. I did the, ask the, the question. The I think my critique is still, why did we yeah. even need this yeah. story at all? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it just and, doesn't and, seem to fit. <laughs> like it just stop. It stops the entire story arc and then boom. And it's I'm there. sure maybe our one listener out there will tell us because I never knew where Iron Man came from. I didn't well, know that he had go, go gadget hat and jacket. Well, he doesn't. Well, anyway, he, so he did. Well, this issue's done, right? I like, know we're, it's done. We're, we're, now we're we got to go find out issue. all about Casino Fatal, Mister Hammer. And what if I told you mm-hmm. that on the next podcast, I we learn all about the Melter? Oh my gosh, we're gonna cover Starlight. Dope. Uh, apparently, okay. It says right here on the next issue: the Melter, Blizzard, and Whiplash. Okay. Well, yeah, we don't talk about any of those other two, but we didn't. <laughs> 
So we're going to find out where you stole the character's powers from. Uh, one different powers, two different spelling. Really? Yeah. So how do you spell Melter? We spell it like the Canadians do. Like Smelter? Yeah. Well, anyway. Meltier. <laughs> we are going much. back to the mainline of Iron Man storyline, and I promise we'll progress toward the whole alcoholism thing. Yes, too, back to his Which isn't addressed in this issue at all. That's that's the other miss, too. I, you know what? One more one more criticism of this yeah, issue yeah. while I'm at it. Why well, wasn't um, he drinking in this issue? Well, I'll yeah. Like it, he the he point, went on autopilot, and he was knocking him back in a suit. Well, I'm not saying he has to drink in the suit, but isn't this a perfect time to talk about the trauma of becoming Iron Man and maybe why that would lead somebody to alcoholism? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, the fact that like (laughs) he was hit with all that shrapnel, he was going to die. They put it. He gets into a suit. He's like they're the the other. Yeah, he's got to fight. He's captured behind enemy lines. He's he's all these people that he's with that think he's like, yeah. If we're reintroducing the origin, isn't this the perfect time to talk about, say, he's like, got, I he, don't he, know, post-traumatic stress? Yeah, he's got the PTSD for sure um, coming out of that, but, watching a whole bunch of people die because you tripped over a booby trap and you killed them. And how, and how hard would it be to put one more screen in there of him walking in the door and grabbing a drink because he's like, oh, my gosh, like that was that was a rough part of my life, you know? Well, that's you got that. You didn't see it. It's on the next page on the invisible Iron Man page. <laughs> right. So I get again, if you're going to insert something like this to me, if you're going to have something like this, at least tie it to. Yeah, no, that's why I enough. also think this had I mean, I want to I almost want to ask Bob Layton, right? This almost would seem to like be a fill-in issue that they had just sitting, right? Message him. Ask him. Yeah. I could ask him. Ask I guess him. I could ask him. I was one twenty two a fill in issue? That's why Iron Man goes to c- the casino because he's got to get his drinks back. Man, he's hitting that Atlantic City, the AC. You know what I mean? You yep. know, you go there, chips are high, stacked, ready to go. Knock he's probably said it somewhere too. But anyway, all right. Well, <laughs> I think we can keep going on about this, or we yeah, can we put a pin in it, it. Come back, yeah. Come back to the next episode next time. I think we have analyzed 122 sufficiently and we can move on to 123, like we said, in the casino and with the they're all together for and, Casino Fatale. Yeah. yeah. And def- definitely Casino Fatale is not riffing off a popular movie around that time. The the parody of James Bond with uh, the the guy that's not uh, the, the Pink Panther with Iron James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. All right. So next, 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 next time we're going to cover 123. Uh, now that we know who Iron Man is and how he got his powers. And Greg, do you have anything to plug here? I have nothing at the moment. Okay. Well, that look at that scintillating update from Greg. I mean, nothing I, at the moment. I, 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 I normally like if I, if I did, I would, but I don't, I mean, you know, got some, Got some stuff that, you know. Well, as I said earlier, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Yeah. Look for us at Funny Book Forensics or Funny Book 4N6, and you'll find us. You can also find us on Castos now. So (gasps) that is our our new home. Castos. And that's where our podcasts are sitting now, and that's where the link from. We're still part of the spoiler verse, but we're sitting on the Castos service now. Castos service server, can I say Castos server? I'm a pot professional podcaster, right? Castos server uh, now, so you can find us there uh, with all of the other great podcasts from the spoiler verse. 
And yes. we will talk to you again soon. Bye. Oh, I got to hit the button. Just like when I start. I never started the podcast, Dan. You're not. You're joking, right?